but you don't have a TikTok account. No, I don't. TikTok's banned in India. Oh, just like oh, it's a Chinese app. Let's block it. But you know what India did, right? India then took TikTok and they made an Indian version of TikTok. Are you ready? It's called Taka Tuck. Hi, Jess. Come on, put some effort in it, yes. Put some effort. Welcome to Comedy with an Accent podcast. I'm your Taiwanese comedian Quan Wen. I interview comedians who perform English stand-up comedy, but who are not native English speakers, or they can have a very distinct British regional accent. This podcast is all about comedy, about accent, about languages, and about the comedy technique. So stay tuned if you're interested. Hi, welcome back to Comedy with an Accent podcast. I am feeling really, really weird because I'm not in my usual home today. I'm yeah. at a different recording studio yeah. because our guest is performing in Soho Theatre for the second Ooh. night tonight. Ooh. Ooh. To make his journey easier, I've relocated to Twenty One Soho's podcast recording studio. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's not the regular pink background, <laughs> so to make that easier, I've carried a pink envelope so we can have like a basic pink background. This and- is mostly an audio podcast, so. I don't release the video. The video is used a promotional clip in general. <laughs> so, so if you're listening to this, imagine a pink background in the form of an envelope. Like, let's just put it that way. You've revealed your voice, and now I have introduced <laughs> you before I even start with your accolades. Now, today's our guest is from India. I had the honor of working with this gentleman, this talented comedian at this year's Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Let me give you some facts. Our guest has one hundred thousand subscribers on YouTube, has one hundred sixty-three thousand followers on Instagram. He is a co-founder of East India Company. Comedy. East India Comedy. Company rated my country. That's a very big difference. <laughs> <laughs> to bring some colonialism in, so the founder of East India Comedy. East India Comedy has 1.48 million subscribers on YouTube. Have I got the facts correct? Mm-hmm. So today we have one big star coming from India. Or、oh, I don't know if you think it's racist. I say the subcontinent.、Mm-hmm. Our guest today is Sahil Shah. Welcome. Yeah. Hello. 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 And hello. Okay, we have to recreate this. We were hugging the streets. He said, "It was so nice to see you in London." Hi. Yeah. Hi. Oh my God. I met Quan in August, and I said, "Hey, you know, I don't know when we'll meet again." <laughs> and then in October,、two、I'm、months. like, "Hello." Only takes two yeah, just two months. Just back really quickly. But it's good to be back. It's good to be here. How are you finding the chilly autumn London? Have you had any spice pumpkin latte? I don't know. What's the typical autumn food? Here. Here. Um, Our technicians like I'm from Sweden. No, don't no, ask I, me about London. I don't care. No, no, I'm、true. only gonna be here for a couple of years, and I'll be gone like everyone else. <laughs> Sweden, Taiwan, and India, and I think all three of us can collectively agree that London food is shite. There is nothing. Every month, it is just the same nonsense. Give me something good, please. <laughs> okay, just want to say I don't actually agree with him on this. London can be full of shite. I love London, but what is your beef with London? What has London irked you or irritated you so far this time? I have been very irritated with the fact that London, that claims to be a global cosmopolitan city, has all its restaurant joints shutting down at 10 p.m. Ten? <laughs> <laughs> what is ten? How? How do you shut at? Then. Okay, I'm going to describe what I see in the studio. Angelica from Sweden is currently looking at our guest Sahil with incredulous eyes. She's like, "10 p.m. is quite late in Europe. Why are you complaining about this?" <laughs> 
Is it is Templium? You know oh, what? Oh, we need to go Man, to continental oh Europe. They God. shut everything. Sometimes nothing is open on Sundays. Do you know how annoying it is? I come from a country where things are open till three o'clock, four o'clock. You want food, you will get it at two o'clock. You will get something other other that is open at six in the morning. You can find something to eat. Over yesterday, I finished my show and I'm like, okay, let's go, let's grab something to eat. Shut down, shut down, shut down, shut down. I'm like, this is upsetting me. And I sadly walked to this place called Walk to Walk. Have yeah, you heard so of that? So racist. <laughs> that is correct. Yeah, I that know is the correct. Brand. Yeah, yeah. It is the only place that was open at what? At not even 12, at 11, 11 p. 11. Sorry, I'm going to get very angry. I know, but. When I came to this country, I thought initially it was a racist policy to assign the corner shop mm -hmm. to the South Asian immigrant population. Mm -hmm. Now I think it's not racism. There's a perfect logic behind it because you guys have such a 24-hour working ethics. Yeah. It feels like if we give you the 24-hour corner shop, they will be in safe hands. You will still greet a customer uh, with the yeah, same level yeah. of enthusiasm, even as like 1 or 2 a.m. in the to, morning. To, uh, to quote Lin-Manuel Miranda, immigrants, we get the job done. You know, it's as simple as that. Well, not all immigrants. I'm an immigrant, and I think <laughs> I'm just getting quite as lazy as the Aboriginal population right now. I mean, like... <laughs> I think so far out of my guests, you are the star with the biggest social media following. And I feel really bad because um, I took the show Comedy with an Accent to Edinburgh this year. And then Sahil just DM me on Instagram. I didn't know who he was. I was ignorant. So he was like, can I get a spot, please? And I just do the usual, could you show me at least a video? I need to look at his video. The first 20, 30 seconds in, I was barely aching laughing. I was laughing so much. I instantly replied, yes, yes, please come to the show. And now I feel so bad because you know our show was extremely early and you and I share that little <laughs> cult church room. Yeah, Sometimes yeah. there can be as few as four to two people in the room. Then after Edinburgh, I watch your Amazon Prime special. I'm oh, you like, did? I'm like, oh my God, this is someone who has performed to hundreds, to thousands of people in a theater and was asking him to share that utility room. <laughs> for no, all no, no, no. It's no. pure professionalism, I have to say, because you didn't, you didn't treat that little. It's not even really a stage, but you still treat a stage. And I think this kind of professionalism is what I respect the most out of other comedians. So, so oh, thank you. Thank Thank you. I'm going to guide you back to my structure question because I'm so curious. I have very little knowledge okay, about so. this stand-up company scene in India and your experience. My first question, what's the language that you consider to be your mother tongue and what are your foreign languages that you consider you speak fluently? All right. So I speak English. Uh, my whole family speaks English, but back home, I belong to a community known as Gujaratis. So in India, fascinating thing, every state has a certain culture, has a certain food, and has a certain language. And we are home to a lot of languages, a lot. So I'm from the state of Gujarat, so I speak Gujarati, but I actually live in the state of Maharashtra, so I speak Marathi. It's, I mean, it's pretty basic. You get the gist. Gujarat, Gujarati, Maharashtra, Marathi. I don't no, think no, we've no, thought no, about it. No, no, no. It's straightforward because when a lot of retired English grandparents move to Alicante, yeah. they still don't speak Spanish. So <laughs> even if you live in Mumbai, I wouldn't expect you to speak Marathi, right? Is that fair? Yeah. yeah. So I speak Gujarati, I speak Marathi, I speak English, I speak Hindi, which is the national language. I also speak a little bit of French. Do you speak French? 
tu parles un petit peu français Eiffel Tower, thank you. Uh... <laughs> ok. Oui, oui, oui. Bah, je m'appelle Sahil. Uh, um, merci beaucoup. Baguette. Question yeah. is, when you speak French, right, are you supposed to say je m'appelle Sahil or je m'appelle Sahil? Because you're not supposed to be able to pronounce the H technically. When you speak. It's the most messed up language. It irritates me. Learning French is such a pain. Just, just shut up and speak normally, right? Why are you complicating everything? <laughs> there has to be a female male. There's an intonation. Anyways, so that's what I speak. I'm learning sign language. I suspect you might be Fankujarat because a lot of British Asians, I don't know, maybe it was a, a sampling yeah. bias, but in my first ever job, my manager and my colleagues... Actually, there were two or three they Shahs. They are all, Shahs are the Gujaratis. And, yeah. and I understand Shah means merchant originally? or mm, Yeah, sort of. I mean, the entire Gujarati community is traders, businessmen, merchants, so on and so forth, and maybe one comedian. So <laughs> when we go out to pitch to our clients and we make this like a team resume or team CV, they put their language ability next to English, they put Gujarati. Mm -hmm. And I asked them, oh, I thought it would be Hindi. He then said, no, my ancestor came from Gujarat, so we speak Gujarati. Yeah. Then my manager added that Gujarat is like the province of explorers, people who like to venture into the world. And I thought, I think you're just giving me the romanticized version. Yeah, it is. It is because it is. my ancestor came from the south of China and they are littered in America, in Southeast Asia, everywhere. But they are not explorers. They are not explorers. They are no. just dirt poor farmers. Yeah. They are so poor, there's no way they could have survived in their own province. That's why they left. We are, I will tell you, we are just, we are parasites. You know, we'll come to the UK and we are like, okay, now we will never leave. So if you notice, all of us here have made this our home, which is amazing because this is what reverse colonialism feels like. So there you go. Okay. It's so, revenge. Oh, by the way, I want to show off the Wikipedia knowledge I got. Apparently in India, there are 23 official languages. There are a lot of languages. We don't have an official, official language, but there are tons of languages in our country, tons. And the beauty of India is that now we've reached a point where every language will also have comedians who perform in that language. Imagine if Europe, you have Romanian comedians, Estonian comedians, Spanish, French, all of them put together. That is in an entire, like in, in India, every area has a different language, a different accent, a different intonation. Those languages have their comedians performing in that zone. It's very fascinating. I just cannot fathom exactly how large the Indian population is to allow this because what I noticed, you're from Mumbai. Mm -hmm. So you live in Mumbai now, but your home region No, no, I have been born and brought up in Mumbai. What I've researched is officially there are 23 languages one of them is english and <laughs> and there are 122 major languages and in mumbai alone they can find 16 like in 160 there are 16 major languages being used by a good portion of population so hindi gujarati and marathi is used by about a quarter of the yep. population in mumbai it's truly yeah. amazing so people just switch between different languages depending on what they're talking to yeah 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 it's like uh, hi how are you if the person speaks in hindi nahi, nahi, to aap kaise ho? If the person switches to Gujarati, yeah, he's just fine. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I just want to ask, in your Amazon Prime special, yes. you revert to your home language. Which was that? You revert to certain expressions, certain name references in a subcontinental language. Which one was that? So I 
speak Gujarati. That's my home language. Uh, Gujarati is the language. Gujarati and Hindi are fun languages. I prefer Gujarati because it's a very silly sounding language. The way we say things also is very funny. Like I've done an entire stand up bit about it online. So the word for P. What's the word for P? P in Swedish? Akta. Okay, great. P like the green peas. Akta. 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 Wow, akta. I've never heard of something called akta. That's I wouldn't eat pea if it sounds so threatening. You, you mean know? the green pea or? Yeah, green pea. Oh, okay. And in Gujarati we call it watana. See, it sounds funny already. If anyone offers you watana, you're like, yo, what are you doing, dude? What is what is that? So that's what it is. The special Sahil has on yeah? Amazon. Is in English. Yeah. So when you switch to Gujarati, I, I know I switched to Hindi. So okay. So I speak oh, so Hindi. Okay. That special was the first special that I had recorded, and this was five years ago. My style at that time was very high energy, fast paced talking. Right now it is high energy, but I talk a little slower. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that also happened during Fringe, where I realized I can't speak as fast as I can. So for example, let's say I'm talking to you right now. Saying I love London, I'm so happy to be here. I love the food in London. Back home, because we speak so fast, it'll be like, "Hi, my name is Sahil, and I love London. I'm so happy to be here because you know the best part about London is that there's so much food to eat. Like I went there, and there was a shawarma, there was a falafel. <gasps> That's how it is. So I tend to calm down a little more. And when I did that special, I was very high energy. I was hopped up on three coffees, so I was speaking really, really, really fast. And also, a lot of references were steeped in local language, like Hindi and like that. The thing about being in India is that it's very easy to have a setup in English and a punchline in Hindi. Oh, that's interesting. Could you elaborate a bit more on that? Why is that a popular strategy? I was just talking to a bunch of people yesterday. There are certain things in India, like there are certain words that just work in Hindi that do not have a translation. For example, in Indian culture, we've got this thing where if someone were to have, um, let's say, anything were to happen. Indians don't help out. We are the most unhelpful people. We will just form a semicircle and we'll try to find out what happened. And every Indian will say these two words. It's called "kya hua," which is Hindi for "what happened." Now, if I were to tell you this as a joke, like Indians gather together, they say "what happened," you will be like, "Cool, yeah, okay, good." But if you were an Indian, and if I just said "kya hua," you would start laughing instantly, because that is something you've heard again and again and again. In you know what I mean to say. So there are certain Hindi punchlines, Hindi jokes that just work in Hindi. I can't translate them. I can't help but wonder whether it's because certain expression in Hindi strikes your itchy point the most. Yeah. And I'm saying that because in Taiwan, Mandarin was imposed. Mandarin developed as a dialect around the Beijing area, and it become a neutralized version. But it's people around Beijing they speak Mandarin with such a beautiful flair because it comes from it's how they speak. So in Taiwan, a lot of entertainers when they do a punchline, they tend to revert to Taiwanese. It just sounds so much more it natural、does. and closer to your it, upbringing it and your culture. It does. It does. It does because there are so many jokes where if you say the punchline in the natural language, it just is so much more fun. Plus, there are certain words in every language、yeah. that you just like. Could it be that for the Indian audience, English is purely a language of an instrument or a tool? Is the other language they have emotional attachment、yeah. that really tickles their English is not a mother tongue for anyone. English is a language that you grow up speaking. It's a com- a it's a convenient、tongue. language. It's a、yeah. compromise. But it's not. It's like my mother tongue is Gujarati. My entire family speaks Gujarati, but it's a different thing that I speak English as a primary language and I speak English at home. But Gujarati is my primary language. Yesterday I met my relatives. They had come for my show. 
First things was, oh my god, thank you for coming. And then followed by, tame aavya to majavi. Which means, you guys came, so I'm very happy. Because it's so easy to switch into your comfortable language, right? Your actual original language that the family speaks. So English is something that I would use while talking to you or talking to her or talking to anyone while I'm performing. But mother tongue is something you can just slip into and speak to anyone from your family slash community. So I have an immediate follow-up point on that. The funny thing is I'm not even that fluent in Taiwanese because Taiwanese was forbidden for many years at school. So I don't speak it that well. But when I entertain or when I talk with my friends in private and I try to be funny to make them laugh, I found that I tend to hit the punchline, especially something filthy. It's always Taiwanese that's just so much it's stronger. It's funny. It's the same thing. You the, the moment you say something in a language that everyone does understand and they are used to. But right. how did you feel when you performed in Edinburgh? Because you couldn't do too much expression in Hindi because your audience typically come from outside India. You have to strip a lot of those back. No, so that's the beauty of me. I mean, I'm beautiful, but uh, I have, sorry, I have been doing stand-up for the past 12 years. And ever since I've been doing it, I've only done it in English. So it's not like I had to worry about anything. There were certain jokes that I could easily translate. Mm -hmm. But tonight, when you come to see the show, there are jokes that I have translated. But there are certain punchlines where I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't translate. I can't. It has to have the Indian words. It has to have the Indian flavor. I'm sorry, I won't be able to translate it for you guys. But otherwise, because I speak English and I write in English and I talk in English, it was very easy for me to convert my jokes and perform. But those Hindi expression, I assume because I was comparing what I remember you said in Edinburgh to the clips and the special that I watch, you definitely reduce the portion of them. My style has changed, right? It was okay. five years ago, I was performing for an Indian crowd. I didn't know I would be performing in Edinburgh. When I knew I'm performing in Edinburgh, I worked my material around to such a way that I have the most generic stuff, A, B, English stuff, C, one-liners, because the Britishers love one-liners. They do. They do. I don't know what it is. They just love one-liners. You just give them a one-liner, they're like, wow, comedy genius. And I tried to be as... English as I could because I can't just go up and speak in Hindi. So you right? have actually prepared yeah. your evolution yeah. to a to a larger market outside your home yeah. market. I think Edinburgh was a test to see if I could expand to a larger market and that did convert, you know. I mean, I'm here. <laughs> Even though I'm performing for Indians, I would love to have more white people in the crowd. Like yesterday, I had a fantastic person in the front row. There was a man and his wife. I think they were married. Man was white, wife was black. And I'm like, this is who I want. If they are laughing, I know I can make my Indians laugh. But if I'm making them laugh, I think I'm doing a you good job. Only you in this room can get away with this sentence. I can make my Indians. <laughs> like, for, for anyone else to say that, it's just wrong on so many. It's my many peeps, levels. dude. My peeps are going to be there for me. But if you see two white people and you see them also enjoy what you're doing, you're like, man, my comedy, it's universal. And that's what I want. I want my comedy to be universal. I want the white people also to have the time of their life. Rather than sitting with a mouth open going, I don't know what you're saying. Can I ask you, so at Soho Theatre, you did the Diwali night. Yes. And you did your first night yesterday. What was the crowd like? Was the demographic, was the composition Full of the Indian. audience? Full Indian. Full. But the Diwali evening was a free show. So anyone and everyone could come in. And these were people who didn't know who I am. So I had to entertain Indians who didn't know who I am. But at the end of the day, still Indians. So I had that upper advantage. And yeah, I went up on stage, had fun. I did nonsense. I interacted with the crowd. I'll give you another great example. There was one guy in the front who was losing hair and I was talking about how I am losing hair. 
and I high fived him and I'm like, look at us, both of us together. You know what we are? That's right. We are the bald and we are the beautiful. <laughs> he said, well, it depends on who is who. I'm like, uncle, you, sir, uncle, just give me a high five, man. These are the people I want, you know, people who not only are having fun, but also part of the show. That's what I like about this. I want the audience to feel like they are part of the show in a friendly way. You're not watching an artist. You're watching that stupid friend in your group cracking dumb jokes and making you laugh. That's my entire appeal. So can I assume if you're coming back to London and do Soho Theatre again, what you want to see is a more mixed, diverse crowd yes. that comes yes. to see you. Yes. And you would take that as the most natural, biggest compliment. Yes. Because you reach out to other yes. groups. Yes, uh-huh. that is my goal. Now going to my second question, mm-hmm. which is my usual question for all my guests. Sahil, do you think you have an accent when you speak English? Yeah, I think I do. I think I do. Um, it, like, the first time I had performed, I think, in New York, and I I spoke to someone, and they said, no, you do have an accent. And I'm like, I don't know. I can't hear my own accent, so I don't know if I have. But do, do, I, do, I, have, do I have an accent? A small bit, right? A small bit. Yeah, I have a small bit. You have it's a not, simple bit. But it's, it's, um, when you perform to your home crowd... Your accent, at least in the clips and the videos I saw, were a lot stronger. Yeah. So I thought whether it was because my memory of you performing Edinburgh and now you're talking to us, you're mindful that we don't speak other language you know. So you deliberately lower the accent or has your accent mellowed over the years? I feel two, three things. One, back home, obviously the accent is there because it's just easier. But right now, when I know I'm speaking to you, there are two things I'm being very conscious about. And now it's become a subliminal thing. A, I speak slower. I'm not speaking as fast as I normally do. I'm speaking slower. I'm much calmer. One of the things that was very important was you have to really enunciate. Yeah. It's very important over there also. And with an accent, if you manage to enunciate, the accent boundary gets crossed. Right. And I don't have that deep an accent because I've been speaking English for so long. I'm aware that I have a slight accent, but I don't. I try to be as natural to who I am as opposed to being like, what's the deal with London? Oh, tea. I, that's my attempt at a British accent. <laughs> <laughs> I but get yeah. what you mean because yeah. you don't want the accent to become a barrier no. for people to understand you. But no. you don't want to be so artificial that, that people you don't have don't, a personality yeah, yeah. anymore. See, I have a very simple performing style. While I do get nervous, at the end of the day, I don't treat stage as a stage. I treat stage as an outlet. So when I go up on stage, you're seeing me be me on stage. If I am this off stage, I'm not going to change my personality on stage. I'm just going to be 10% more vibrant. But in terms of talking, there is a slight bit of modulation that I do when I'm here Mm -hmm. because you have to keep that in mind. You can't be as fast or fluent as you were back home. Yeah. That's it. I feel when I have a particularly important gig, I will remind myself to pronounce the consonant at the end. Because I find the English consonant, especially at the end of the word, the one I'm most likely to just overlook. No, I I just feel like over here, you really have to be precise with your words. Who was the person that 
told you you kind of have an accent in New York. Was another fellow no, performer? Was, was no, an that was member? that was a long time ago. When I just, I think it would be around six, seven years ago. I feel my style has changed over the years. My confidence has changed over the years. Mm-hmm. Also, as a comedian, your mind, how it's trained, also changes. So yeah, if I if I have a small accent, that's fine. At least I'm Europe. As long as I'm universally understood, I don't think the accent is a barrier. I remember I was speaking to my wife, and she said, "At the end of the day, jokes are jokes. If you are funny, you are funny. Your accent is not. You can blame your accent. You can blame culture. You can blame. Oh, I was wearing the wrong shirt, or I put up first or last. None of that matters. A person is a person. If you can make a person laugh, that's all that matters. Okay, I'm gonna change a different question. So you are from India." This is your natural way of speaking, and when you perform, when you see, let's say, a British Asian or British Indian comedian, they when they normally speak, there is no accent at all. But during their set, they put on a fake, strong, thick Indian accent. What's your feeling of that? Like a Dave Patel kind of. Second generation, third generation I Indian. I think those、British. are people who are brought up here, you know. And I think what happens is because you're. Firstly, I hate, especially Indians who speak in an American accent. I want to punch them in the face. <laughs> so punch them. I don't know if I have to edit this out. <laughs> no punch. No, keep it. Okay. Even if you. Okay, listen, future Kwan. If you're going to be editing this, I am saying it again. I want to punch Indians who speak in an American accent in the face.、It. I will use it in a promotional trailers and punch them in the.、It. Just ear it. Just, just ah. So irritating. Tell me, what do you think? Okay,、Honestly. this is how we speak Gujarati. Kemcho、yeah. dadi. That means hi, how are you, grandmother? You know how Americans do. Kemcho dadi, shut up. Kemcho, tamhe amra majama cho. No, no, no. Just speak English or get out. Ah. So, what do you think when Russell Peters make fun of his father's accent? The thing is, Russell started out at a very long time, and that's great. But I think now he needs to change with the time. I think now we don't, we don't go hello, thank you very much. You know that it's the same thing, right? Like I think what's his name, Hari Kondabolu had done an entire documentary on Apu.、Yeah. I think so on Apu from Simpsons. From、uh, Simpsons, yeah. Yes. And Apu got into cultural this thing because for years the accent was hello, thank you very much, welcome, I'm Apu. That's not how we talk. Yeah. yeah, we do have an accent, but it's never. Thank you very much. You know, come again. It it became very stereotypical, right? And it's very easy to jump into that before you realize that. Like my first joke at comedy with an accent was that only that people think we Indians speak like hello, thank you very much, come again. But actually, we go hello, thank you very much, come again. And then I realize, no, this is I'm being racist to my own kind. I don't speak like that. We don't speak like that. Why should I try to crack the same stereotypical joke? So. I dropped it after the first day. I didn't do it after that, and just genuinely, I feel accents are fascinating. Sometimes accents are. I、really、agree.、Great. I think accent is like the gateway to understand someone and someone else's culture. Yeah, it's like the first thing, and there are so many clues that you. I'm sorry, I have to take you back to the, what you were venting. I never will go back. <laughs> Sometimes when I watch something, I thought, is it all from why Americans, why British, that create such a. Caricature a stupid portrayal of Asian, and then I found out that it's written by Asian. Like they were recreating what white people think of Asian people, and、yeah. they were perpetrating that's that the, stereotype. That's, and that, that really,、yeah, really, 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 really irks me. It's fear. It's the same thing, right? Like one of the most fascinating, I feel, stereotypes is when someone's like, "Oh, you're from India."
wow, your English is really good. You speak such good English. I'm so tired. And I'm tired like, yeah. yeah. We were taught for 200 years. <laughs> no, but, but yeah, I hate that. Like, oh my God, your English is so good. No, we do speak English. We do. Our country's changed over the years. Our country's become more modern. Yeah, maybe we are still slightly a third world country in a lot of places, but we are still, we are quite modern compared to what people think. A lot of people think, oh my God, India, same, elephants, culture, music, dance. No, it's not. It's quite global, you know, in that yeah. sense. So, I, I would say sometimes people probably still think, I probably, I don't say enough. A lot of Asian countries' infrastructure is very good, especially when it comes to internet network and the speed of internet connection, etc. It's actually a lot better than European countries. Having said that, I don't stand on my point with such a strong view because I haven't visited the rural countries in Taiwan. So I know our cities are very modern advanced, but I cannot speak on behalf of a whole country. Yeah, it's the same. Where was the film, by the way? In an auditorium in Bombay. In Bombay. I noticed the Indian artists, I don't know whether it was because of you, mm. but the way they enjoy comedy is kind of different from what I normally am used to. They were interacting spontaneous a lot with you. Yeah. I'm not saying people here don't clap, but they almost feel like they They don't. Eat. They don't. So you know what I've noticed from Edinburgh? That people don't clap. British people are very like, <laughs> chuckle, chuckle. Good one, sir. Good one. I, I doff my hat to you. And I'm like, shut up. So yesterday when I did my show, it took me 15 minutes to warm the crowd up. I, in fact, dropped the mic, went into the crowd and started high-fiving random people going, yes, come on, come on, energy, energy, energy. Because I feel if people are energetic, I'm energetic. And that energy has to be synergist, right? So I am always making sure that everyone in the crowd is clapping and screaming. Then only I'm continuing with my show. And I did that also, even at, uh, <laughs> at uh, Comedy with an Accent, every time I would start, I'm like, wait, no, if you're not clapping, I'm unhappy. You have to clap. You have to. I know I'm funny. I need your applause. I'm desperate for validation. Give me your validation. Give it to me. Clap, 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 clap. Oh, see, fuel it. Edinburgh Friend is different because he has more of a comedy, an art festival, a more theater type of thing. Yeah. But even the clubs by default setting, people rarely club. It's normally one or two really, really good line. People then club for that line specific. Yeah. Mostly if you hear chuckles, that is the highest compliment you'll Yeah, get. but I don't. I'm desperate. So okay. I, I yesterday also when I heard chuckles, I'm like, I'm not going to be satisfied with chuckles. <laughs> no, I don't want your chuckles. I don't want your pity applause. You clap, you clap, clap. So if someone claps, right? When people yeah. do clap, I encourage the clapping. I'm like, no, no, more, 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 clap, clap. So is it fair when it. I say the Indian stand-up comedy audience treat the comedy show a bit like a concert? Yeah, they do. Yes. Yeah, they do. Okay. You can. You Maybe can. there's something for us to learn. If here. you do, if you do, there are shows <laughs> where you can literally feel superstardom in India. You can feel superstardom. People chanting your name, you know, like bra panties being thrown on stage. And then, then you have to pay the Amazon guy because you ordered them for yourself. Uh, <laughs> and no, it is there is some level of superstardom that can be achieved. Here you can achieve superstardom when you're like a really big celeb. But I've noticed, right? I saw Fringe. I saw so many shows. There's no standing ovation. Get up. Get up if you like the show. People don't do standing ovations. Not really. Yeah. So you know what? Sometimes I do, nah, and I'm thinking I'm doing it today. I go very subtly and I'm like, see, you know, let me explain comedy etiquette. If you like the show, clap. And you know, if you really like it at the end, please feel free to stand up. Slide it in. You must feel very at home now because your speed has accelerated. You're speaking so much faster. Right at now? The end of, yeah, that means yeah. you're most comfortable. But on that point, I don't know why 
I am guessing British people don't like to stand out. And if there's not a tradition of a standing ovation or standing yeah. on at the end of a comedy show, they don't want to be the first person. No, to... I think I think my deal is see, see the beauty of of a standing ovation is it's a hack. Yeah. Okay. It's very simple. I'll give, explain what a standing ovation is. If you hire one person to stand up, everyone else will feel pressurized to stand up. Right. That's how it works in India. I did a show. My folks stood up. Everyone else stood up. In Edinburgh, <laughs> I stood up. <laughs> I stood up. <laughs> I sat down. That's exactly what the British people are fearing. They don't want to be that one that was hung out to try. Like, I, yeah, I stood up. I'm like, yeah, standing. No one wants to stand up. Okay, I guess this is a mid. Okay, I'm gonna just gonna casually sit down. <laughs> Very embarrassing. But yeah, it's a herd mentality. But you see, I think it's a two-way street. It's just not you have to get used to how you perform comedy here, yeah. you can be the agent that activate changes. Yeah. Maybe with you or maybe even more comics to come from the subcontinent, you're going to make audience enjoy and view and appreciate comedy in an entire different way in a couple of years. Yeah, never know. I hope so. I mean, like yesterday's show was one of those shows where the audience was very, like it took a lot of time for them to warm up. But I made sure that they understood I am seeking applause. I am seeking energy. <laughs> Yeah, and seeking screaming. No, yeah. <laughs> and you have to love me. Only if you love me can I love myself. So you better do that. <laughs> oh my God, I'm going to self censor my behavior when I'm audience this evening. Desperate for attention, attention. <laughs> I want to ask you something more specific about the stand up scene in India. So you've been performing for more than 10 years by now. But when do you think has the more modern type of stand up kicked off or uh, took off in India? I was one of the. Like, at the forefront, when the comedy scene first started, mm -hmm. I started when I was 19. I'm 31 now. I've not done anything else in my life. I have seen comedy change from, what do you do? You're a comedian. What is that? To, what do you do? You're a comedian. Oh, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. I've seen comedy change from, what is a comedy night? And why? To, hey, we want a comedy night. You know, I've seen a dramatic shift. I've seen comedian. I've seen comedy become a profession. From being a fringe element to a profession. So I've seen that growth. And now... Anyone and everyone can become a comedian if they want to. It's as easy as just performing. And there are so many open mics. There are so many shows. Every day someone's releasing a video on YouTube. People are putting up content on Instagram. It's changed. The scene has greatly grown. And I'm glad. And I know this because you are a very solid live show act. Or oh, I think talk, typically people here would say a club act. But you're also a constant producer of online content. So my question is... When did you realize that? Because your online output is solid. When did you realize it? It's, it's out of a, an interest because you can do certain jokes online only, not in live no, shows. No, it's not or you that. recognize how important it was. I just feel that... So the reason why I am here today and why I'm known is because we started putting up, as a group, East India Comedy, we used to put up comedy videos on the internet, sketches. Mm -hmm. Back when sketches weren't... Er so... It's very tough to explain the scene, but imagine earlier in mid-2012, YouTube had just about started putting up stuff in India, and the internet had just about started flourishing in the country. There was nothing called sketch comedy at that time. Me and a bunch of other comedians, we started doing sketch comedy. Sketch comedy built to stand-up comedy. People would put up videos online, and that's how careers would be set. Now everyone knows what sketch comedy is. Now everyone knows, but at that time, it wasn't. You know what I mean to say? Yeah. So when you've seen an industry evolve, 
you've also seen been at the start of it and now you're seeing it grow right yeah. you but you've seen it when it was at its baby stages i was there at its baby stages now because i've been there at its baby stages i know what works i've been at the forefront of content i've been at the forefront of creating content putting out content so right now also i know that i'm a comedian but i also am a person who has to put out content to a stay relevant yeah. b to just make sure that your face is out there because now it's become earlier it was a hey i'm there now it's a hey i'm there hey i'm there hey i'm there can you see me i'm there hi i'm there move out of the clutter i'm there yeah i mean i'm having fun so i guess that's the main thing just have fun this cost in india does it have an impact let me give an example it's in the uk people talk a lot about classes and they instinctively think some comedian are posh and there's this funny phenomenon people say that it is not fair some people are born posh but you have comedian like jack whitehall mm. and when he take his very very posh father mm. to do a travel show mm. and his father's very very posh demeanor is actually a big attraction for the show mm. people love to watch that show mm. uh, they talk shit about it and a lot of comedians fun about it but the fact is there is a market for those very posh comedians showing off their background and maybe their social awkwardness so in india and the reason i'm asking this i hope it doesn't offend you when i was working in my first job so all my colleagues of uh, asian british background i see them all the same but sometimes i catch in their conversation one of them was saying that oh your name your ancestor were just commoners whereas my ancestor would have been a warrior and i just mm. thought that is utter rubbish and those are assholes those are complete assholes because people in this day and age who believe in that i see one of the most abhorrent things that happened in like that is still part of our culture is the caste system mm-hmm. there are different castes there is a higher class upper class middle class lower class and then the lowest of the lowest it is wrong there is discrimination can We've, you tell from people's accent or from their name how do you tell someone's caste or is it impossible until sorry. they reveal themselves it's literally the name the name it's sad it's the name your name defines who you are and man it's it's just it's tough it's really tough to be honest for anyone who is of anyone who is part of a lower class right there is the amount of discrimination that you face just because of your name mm-hmm. and centuries old practice that the country has still not progressed over it's sad because at the end of the day a forget caste forget money forget everything at the end of the day a person is a person whether you're posh or whether you're like poor you're still a person right yeah. why should your money or your religion or your name or your language why should anything define you you shouldn't but the society is not perfect no so, so it, it's it, sad in this imperfect society my question is let's say someone is from a higher caste or lower caste would how does the audience see them before even actually know them or know their joke would they see them in a certain no. way no i feel that's the beauty of comedy comedy doesn't see who you are comedy sees what you are mm-hmm. so you could be a homeless person hypothetically yeah but if you're funny you're funny okay it doesn't matter people are coming to watch me because of my jokes not because of which caste or class i'm in you know yeah. what i mean to say and i feel like that is the most fundamental thing the entertainment industry as much as we shit on it it shies away yeah people have advantages i'm not going to say no to that you will easily have an advantage if you're richer 
accepted or you have privilege, right? But at the end of the day, through hard work and merit, if you are good, you are good. Yes, the opportunities will be limited because of where you stand in society, which yeah. really sucks. I really wish it weren't so. And we should try to make comedy a more inclusive scene. So people who don't have opportunities also are getting opportunities to be part of something greater. Mm-hmm. I agree there's this element of meritocracy in comedy. Yeah. If your jokes are good, you will shine. But you cannot design humans' perception. It's very subjective. Your cause or your accent sometimes... People have this perception of you before you even say something. So that determines where your starting point is. I'll give you an example. In the UK, if someone's appearance or name or their background, they used to study in Eton, they are very, very posh. So they either become an even higher status comedian, they make themselves almost like a villain, or they take a self-deprecating No, fair route. enough, fair enough. Uh... So what I wonder is in the equivalent in India, let's say someone who is rich, but if it's a rich from a lower class um, background, like a nouveau rich or like higher class, did you have an example of how they adjust their perception to where they want to be as a comedy persona? I, I don't think we've had any super rich people do comedy. Oh, okay. Right, because comedy stems from sadness. All of us, all the major comedians in India are middle class. All of them are not super rich. There's no posh posh. Because if you're posh, why do you need to do comedy? You know what I mean to say? If you have money, why are you doing comedy? <laughs> you know, like, why, what are you trying to prove? You've got the money. I don't have the answer. Yeah, I can only tell yeah. you that, well, in the UK, you do have some really super posh and super rich people. No, that do we, do, we do comedy to prove a point. You do comedy too? All of us, not, not to prove a point. All of us just do comedy generally. I don't, I don't think anyone is... Yeah, you can become richer as you perform. But at yeah. the end of the day, your stage persona still has to say the same. Because if you're going to change your stage persona from being the relatable guy to being the, oh, look at me, I'm rich, no one's going to come watch you. Okay. Yeah. Do you have any plan to do comedy shows and perform in either Gujarati, Marathi, or Hindi? No. 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 So you just be purely performing in English? Yeah. But depending on the crowd, you may have more expression. I will have more expression, but that's my goal. My goal is to now be a little more global. So if I, let's say, if in India there's a cultural shift, people who speak the local languages and perform in the local languages are doing way better than anyone who speaks English. But then I want to, if I'm speaking English and that is my strong suit, then I have a global aspiration. I want a foreign audience. That's what I'm looking at because I want my jokes to transcend language if that helps. You want your jokes to be universal. Yes. It can tickle everyone's... Everyone's bones. Everyone's bones. Whatever everyone's background, bone. whatever their culture yes. is. Yes. Yes. I know you say you want to reach out to broader markets. Yes. And so that means that you are performing English. But what I really hope one day, I feel like I want to learn more expression in either Hindi, Gujarati, and Marathi. Of course. Because when you do those home turf yeah. gigs, yeah. there was one clip you talk about the chapels where you say, I, I hope it's not racist. but No, no, I know what you're talking doesn't, about. It doesn't sound right when you say chapel. It's yeah. chapel. 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 As a slipper <laughs> is called a chapel. That's in India. In Hindi, we call it chapel. In India, it's a weird phenomenon. On the roads, you will find one slipper lying there. Never two. One, one, <laughs> one, one. It's bizarre. Just one. And so I've written an entire bit about how, why, I need to understand why. And the reference that I did was a reference to a line from a movie. So yeah. that's why the crowd lost it, because it is a reference to a joke from a movie. 
Ah, okay. So you see, before I watched the clip, I didn't even know what a chapel, a chapel. Yeah, yeah. I don't know the word. Yeah. And you know, when you quickly scan a title, you don't actually read every single letter. Yeah. So I thought you meant like a Christian church, a no, chapel. No, 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 so no. So I, no. I didn't get it. Why yeah. did he say that in every Indian street at some point there would be a chapel? That'd be weird if there's yeah. Why as a hasty. Colonization yeah, gone like, so far in <laughs> India in a Hindu country, <laughs> and used to have to build a chapel anywhere. Build yeah. buddy evil yeah. British people, <laughs> and until you mention it, I think he's not talking about architecture. No, 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 no. Yeah. no <laughs> And no, I realize no. you're talking about a slipper. That joke, if you do it in the say British English pronunciation, is a chapel that is actually not that funny. That you have to wait until further punchline, but it gives it so much life when you say it in your accent. Yeah, and that's what I say that when you really hit the crowd yeah. with, the, and I wish just, I had more it, knowledge to join. The yeah, but like that's the same thing, right? Like if I were to perform in Taiwan and there's a Taiwanese comedian before me, the Taiwanese comedian would obviously do much better because he's speaking the local language. You see, comedy will work in the country and the language. It's as simple as that. I feel the moment you learn something about a different culture or a different city and you incorporate it in your show, it instantly breaks a barrier. Mm -hmm. This is a joke I'm doing tonight. It's just one joke, so I'm not. Well, the podcast editing would take some time. For it definitely yeah, won't exactly. Be no, no, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but the but the joke is, I come up on stage and I'm like, people of London, you need to make sure in the audience everyone is laughing. If you see someone next to you who is not laughing. I want you to tap them on their shoulder and tell them why are you not laughing? You should be laughing. See it, say it, sorted. <laughs> <laughs> Someone has picked up the local reference. Yeah, local it, it just matters, and the crowd lost it yesterday. And I'm like, yeah, see, that's it. I just did my homework. Right. I hate to explain a joke, but there are some American audience for this podcast. See, say, sorted is what. The <coughs> announcement would be in public in transport. The tube. Oh my God! It <laughs> happens every ten minutes. If you see something suspicious, report. See it. Say it. Sort it. I'm like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Because I'm in India. In India, we see it. That's it. It doesn't even <laughs> make sense. See it. Doesn't, see it. Like sorted. Who uh, sorted? How do you sort it? Yeah. Like, who is sorting it? Are you sorting it? Supposed yeah, to I mean, defuse a bomb, just, or you're supposed to kick it? No. Straight. Like you see a bomb, you're like, oh my god, I see it. You tell someone, oh my god, I saw a bomb. You say it, and they're like, yeah, cool. Don't worry, Whoever it will explode. Sorted. Whoever came up sorted. with the slogan may have done comedy before, yeah. so they believe in a rule of three, right? There has to be three, but only the first two make sense. Yeah. So they just randomly found the sorted. Found one, yeah. <laughs> I think they meant it like coming back to walk to walk. I think that's what they meant, right? Like when people ask them, "How do you prefer their noodles?" You know, they were like, "See it, say it, sorted." Thank you. Okay, so Sahil, where can yes. we find you on social media? On social media, you can find me at the rate Sahil Bula. S A H I L B U L L A. I'm there on Instagram, or you can just write Sahil Shah Space Comedy, and you will find me. Okay, but you don't have a TikTok account. No, I don't. TikTok's banned in India. Oh, yeah. that is a bit I should have known. Oh, is there a reason why? No, just hostility just between for the, India and China. Just for the heck of it, yeah. I thought you were making a political statement no. not to have a TikTok no, account. No, Actually, no, it's no, beyond no, your no. control. It's, it's it on is, a yeah, national level. It, it is literally hostility. Just like oh, it's a Chinese app. Let's block it. But you know what India did, right? India then took TikTok and they made an Indian version of TikTok. Are you ready? It's called Takatak. <laughs> 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 I just come on, put some effort in it, yes. Put some effort. 
So you're Tuk Tuk and Thailand has Tuk Tuk, which is the... It's so low effort. <laughs> it's so low effort. And so it's like when you have a fake Gucci, you just call it cookie, yeah. something like that. It works. It works. <laughs> In India, we have so many fakes. India is the capital of fakes, you know. We have Adidas has Adibas, Puma has Poma, oh P O M A, Poma, with a so do you upside down have Jaguar. an account on Tuk Tuk? No, I don't. You don't? No, you I know don't. what? I actually wish the UK government, since Listra is so crazy already, like she could just ban TikTok, so I don't have to create an account to do any content because I'm quite lazy. I don't have anything on it. That explained, that is the biggest mystery. I'm glad I remembered to ask you that question. Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank now you. Now we're going to release Hill back to his to the own wilderness. time so that he can prepare for tonight's show, which I'm absolutely sure is going to be brilliant. So I'll Thank see you, you later. So Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. Thank you so much. And see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.